The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Beyond the Fairway podcast presented by Genesis Dougie Fresh. Will, what's cracking, homie? What's going on, man? Just uh, get like so with. I got like my my CG background. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's kind of awkward. I mean, it's I see the wood. I mean, you used to be in the woods. It doesn't come to complete. I shot. feel like I feel like like this is how you know most of my tee shots end up. Where I'm trying to get there's a green right here, but you can't. Yeah. Anyway, I will. I'm excited. The first Jamaican-born player to make it to the Major League Baseball. We got Chili Davis, man, coming in to go beyond the fairway with us. And you know what? I know Chili really well because I hang out with him well, and he gonna be long winded. So let's just let's just go ahead and get straight to Chili. We need yeah. all the time we can get. Yeah, big lungs, big big, big lungs. <laughs> How's it go? <laughs> <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Beyond the Fairway Podcast welcomes in special guest, the original switch-hitting Jamaican, Mr. Chili Davis. What's going on, Chill? What's up, Duggar? Will, how you doing, man? Good man, to see you guys. No, no, no complaints, no complaints. Last time I saw Chili, Doug, I had, we were at his house, and I had some impromptu salmon. You know, <laughs> I went to his house, we, Doug, you invited me over to the house, and I saw this salmon on a skillet. And typically, <laughs> I don't really care about other people cooking. But this filet looked so good on a skillet. And then he was slow cooking me. He had the juices in the little bowl. He staring up. And then he did this. This is what made me this made me lose it. He did. I was like, oh. I was like, I was cool until I was like, he's getting rude because he ain't offered me any. Yeah. And that was it. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, Will. No, Will. I said, uh. I asked both of you guys, you guys want something to eat? And first you guys looked at me and said, nah, I'm good. And you that, that flavor, you know, like you ever watch those yeah. cartoons where the smell kind of drifts in the air yeah, and that's what the little cartoon characters know? That's what happened to you. Man. That's what happened, man. I mean, I ate, I ate the salmon, which y'all don't know. I put another salmon in my pocket. Nobody knew it. it, was, it no, we saw it. We'll, I was wondering hey, where that other salmon was. Hey, Chili, I got back to my house, and Will had it in the foil with the to-go box that didn't know where the hell it came oh, from. Yeah. Oh, 
yeah. Like he let somebody hey. look. Chili, Chili had a gourmet cookout. Will you left like it was a a family reunion? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but Chili, man, it's oh, it's man. good to see you, man. Like I, I feel like you know over the last couple of years, I got to get to know you, and I don't think I've met a bigger golf. Will I haven't met a bigger golfer no. than this man right here? And Chili, let's start back in the beginning. Uh, how the hell did you get into this game? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's kind of a long story. I'll try to make it as short as I can. Uh, when I signed to play baseball, um, I came here to Phoenix for instructional ball, and uh, Louisville Slugger approached me and said, hey, can we, uh, we'd like to sign you to a bat contract, and what we're offering for your signing is – $200 or a set of golf clubs, the citation. <laughs> that was a signing bonus? And hold on, hold on. That was, you know, was signing bonus, four, you know? 14 clubs or $200. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, so I, I figured $200 be gone in a day, you know. So I took the golf clubs. I um, <laughs> eventually sold the golf clubs to a guy named Scott Budner. But then I signed a Wilson contract to wear their gloves. And I got a set of Wilson staffs. They sat in the garage for about seven years, you know, plastic on them, nice red bag. Uh, in, in, in 1984, I was living up in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco area, in the Oakland Hills. And uh, in the off season, I got a little bored and walked to my garage. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, maybe I should try golf. Let me go try to play some golf. So I took the clubs, drove up to a golf course in the Oakland Hills called Tilden Park. Uh, started hitting balls on the range, nice elevated range, hitting off the mats, shanking, rolling, topping, everything. And this little 12-year-old kid, uh, Freddie Chu, walked by me, had his a little golf bag on his shoulder, and he looks at me and he goes, hey, you're Chili Davis, huh? And I said, yeah, how you doing? He goes, you need to take lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at this little kid and I, I said, uh, yeah, let me see how you hit the golf ball. So he dropped his bag, put a tee in the ground, pulled his driver out, put a ball on the tee, and, man, boom, looked like Dougie swing. Boom, right Easy. down the middle, man. Yeah, a little draw, that. you know? You know. He snapped uh, the kid. So the kid snap hooked it, too? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Dougie, it's okay. a little cut now. He calls it a oh, cut, okay. you know? Okay. Yeah, right. But anyway, this kid, you know, he got on the phone, didn't have cell phones back then, went in the pro shop, got on the phone, called his mom, and said, Mom, Chili Davis is bringing me home. I don't know what his mom said, but next thing I know, he was getting in my in my car, <laughs> took me down to a little par three golf course, Montclair Golf Club, introduced me to his uh, his golf instructor. His golf instructor looks at me, sees the Wilson staffs. He goes, leave those at home. He pulls out a ping seven iron. He goes, you're going to learn how to hit the ball with this club. I don't want you to bring anything else here. So mm -hmm. I bought like 25 lessons from this guy. 25 lessons he said i don't want you playing any golf with anyone until you and i play so you know we worked 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 i'd go up there even on days when i didn't have a lesson and the guy would see me and come over and help me you know but make a long story short uh i got the 20 whatever lessons and um went out and played lake chabot with them mm. one day i think i shot like 150 if I didn't really keep all the strokes, <laughs> could have shot 170, but you know, it, it was fun. It was fun. And you know, the thing about golf is 
you can either get so frustrated with it early on and just say, nah, I don't want to do this, or you get hooked. You know, mm. it's kind of like cocaine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, I don't know what cocaine is like. You know, but it's a drug. It is a drug. It will take your time and money. <laughs> I, I, t- I say it all the time. If, if when I hit my ball in the woods and the way I look for that ball feels anything yeah. like crack, I get it. I get why exactly. people do it. I get it. You look for your ball, Will. Ask, ask look, Doug. I look, look for everybody looking else's looking for balls. balls too. <laughs> I found. I just found my stray golf ball. There right he is. Yeah. Rincey coming in oh, here, stopping hey, by live action. Hey, what's up? Say what's yeah. up, Uncle Chill, Uncle <laughs> Will. His, oh, his, his uh, national debut right <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah, no, he just said he just you know but, he heard people talking. He came in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but so, you know what happened though, Will? Let me tell you, finish your story real quick uh-huh. because it's a really good story. The kid ended up going to I, when Tiger Woods burst on the scene. I thought this kid was Tiger Woods because he looked like Tiger Woods, you know. And I thought maybe just change his name to Tiger Woods, but uh, this kid was twelve in nineteen eighty four. Anyway. Um, so I had an opportunity to play in uh, what was then the, um, it's now the AT&T Pro-Am. It was uh, the Crosby. Cro- ben then. Crosby. Yeah. 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 And I knew Nathaniel Crosby. He got me in Crosby in 88. Crosby. And right. this kid was at Robert Louis Stevenson School up in the Pebble Beach area. And mm-hmm. when he found out I was playing, he called me and he goes, hey, can I caddy for you? Oh, it's so I'm dope. like, all right, all right, Freddie, you can caddy. So I played with a guy named Dennis Trixler in this tournament. And uh, I don't know if you know who Dennis Trixler is. He was an aspiring pro. He is the grandson of the Van Camps. You remember Van oh. Camps, Pork and Beans? Pork and Beans, oh, yeah. Oh, Pork and Beans, yeah. yeah. I, grew up on, I grew up thanks to them. I appreciate them a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> I know Trixie it's not them. Really I know it's not them, but... I know it's not them, but roll that beautiful bean footage. That's not that's, them, is it? That's Bushes, man. That's oh, Bushes. Sorry. That's Bushes. Sorry. Sorry. Come on. It's a bean. They probably bought Van Camps. I, I haven't seen Van Camps in same, a while. Same result but, when I ate the bean. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, so this kid, this kid, could, he knew the green solo. He was a good golfer. That during the round with Trixie, the first round, Trixie started asking him instead of his caddy to help him read the greens. You know, this kid was so good. Well, we're playing, I think it was Spyglass, or it had to be Spyglass with all the trees. And I hit a slow slice off the tee. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, that ball's gone, you know. So we're walking down the fairway. We walked over to where we saw the ball last go in the trees. And there's a lady there holding her arm going, oh, my arm, my arm. And Freddie looks at this lady and he goes, did that ball hit you? And she goes, yeah. He goes, where is it? She pointed down on the ground right there. And Freddie looks at me and goes, hey, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Freddie's uh, it was gangster, beautiful. Man. So, you know, I, I got hooked. I got hooked early. So how, how, I mean, is learning golf and understanding the nuances and trying to uh, master the game, how do you compare that to, I guess, a, a, a nemesis, an arch rival in understanding his ways as a pitcher. So when you're at bat, oh. like, is it, is there any comparison? Yeah. The golf course is the pitcher. Ooh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, nice. the golf course, you know, no matter where you play, who, what game you're playing, if you are having fun playing a little skins game or, you know, match play or something, you have to play the golf course. You have to understand the golf course. Okay. Because if you get caught up in the game, then you're going to try to do things that you probably normally wouldn't try to do, you know, on the golf course. So you still have to play your game. And, and when you're, when you're playing baseball as a hitter 
and a lot of the young hitters need to know this, is sometimes it's not about you. It's not about your swing. It's not about getting your A swing off. It's more important that you understand your opponent. You understand the, the mentality he has out there, how he views you, what situation you're hitting in. You know, what what is he going to try to do to get out of this situation, to get you out? And if you understand all that, then you can go into reverse and say, well, if he's going to try to do this to get me out, then I need to do this to beat him. Well, we were, just talking about it. we were just talking about that a couple of days ago, Chili. Uh, yeah. Well, when you go up and hang out with Chili now, you know, it's kind of, it was a little cooler at night. So he just, we just sit in the garage, old school style, the garage, oh, yeah. open neighbors yeah. come up and speak. But Chili, we were talking about a, a hitter uh, that kind of disregarded the position that he was in as it relates to what the team needed. And he tried to hit that yeah. haymaker bomb over the wall. Um, I'll let you tell the story better than I can. But are you seeing, to follow up to Will's question, but are you seeing kind of more guys – I guess not play the game so much or the X's and O's of the baseball game versus just trying to hit yard every time and just hit yeah. dingers. I, I wouldn't say necessarily trying to go yard. There's some guys that that's their mentality, but I think uh, to better describe it, Doug, you know, as a hitter, you work on your swing, your swing, your feel, how your swing should feel about the mechanics of it. And, and and you work on what I call an A swing. You know, if you walk up to the plate, you're O O and you're one O two O three O. You're in an advantage count, mm-hmm. and I can get that A swing off if I get that pitch to get it off on. But there's also a B swing, you know, which is I got two strikes on me. Uh, there's probably two outs. There's a runner in scoring position. We were talking about that because I was watching the game, and this guy was hitting, and he had two strikes on him. Uh, the tie and running scoring position. And the pitcher threw him what I thought was a hittable pitch on the outer third of the plate. But he took this big ace wing at it and was late and got blown away and it strikes three and you're out. In a situation like that, you know, I don't, the last thing I want to do is strike out in that situation. You know, I need to put the ball in play some way to try to get the ball in play. It might find a hole. I might end up hitting a line drive. might even end up hitting a homer. But that's a situation where I just got to relax my hands, relax my hands, and just touch the ball. Get the barrel to the ball. You know, you're fighting to stay alive, and you're trying to get that run in. You know, a homer would be great. But, you know, pitcher out there, he's trying not to give up a hit, much more a homer. So you got to take what you get. And come in, and, and, and kind of um, summarizing that with golf, and, and I look at guys and I go, you know, hey, you play golf. When you go to the golf course – do the driving range, do you put your bag down, pull your driver out right away and start just pounding drives and work on, <laughs> work on that swing? You know what I mean? Or do you go out there and grab your sand wedge and you work your way up? You take little chip shots, little chip shots. Now you're working your way up to a full swing. You know what I mean? Then you might drop it and grab your nine iron. From your nine iron, you might go to your six iron. Six iron, you might go to a hybrid or three wood. Then you get to the driver. And even when you get to the driver, it's a smooth swing, smooth swing, smooth swing. And after you get nice and loose, it's like, let me air one out. Let me go after one, you know, one or yeah. two. But when then you come back down to your wedge when you walk off the, the, the you know, the, the driving range, you know. You know, so to me, a lot of times as a hitting coach, when I watch guys take BP or come out for early batting practice to work on something, to me, it's that driving range mentality, you know, grab the driver and let's go to wailing at it. And, you know, I'm like, golf, you have many different swings in golf. 
And mm-hmm. baseball, you also have a lot of different swings. You know, you got mm-hmm. fastballs, curveballs, sliders, split fingers, change-ups. You know, you can't take the same swing at every pitch because they're different speeds. They're rotating different. They're going away from you. They're sinking. They're coming into you. You know, so you've got to have good hands as a ba- as a hitter. You know, you hold your bat, which is your weapon, with those hands. I remember Jack Nicholas, uh, when I belonged to Desert Mountain, they had the Nicholas Flick School up there. And it was mm-hmm. Jim Flick, Jack Jim Nicholas. Flick. Yeah, and, Jim um, Flick. Yeah. you know, I, I was on the range one day hitting balls. It was later in the day, and, you know, they were starting to pick up the balls. I was probably the only one on the back range. And the Nicholas Flick uh, School was at the back of the range on Renegade. And out walks uh, Jim Flick, who I had met numerous times, and he had Jack Nicholas with him. And he brought Jack over to me and he goes, Jack, I want to introduce you to Chili Davis. And I mean, I was like, oh, man, this is Jack Nicholas. This is awesome. And the first thing Jack said to me is, you know what I love about baseball players? You guys know how to use your hands so well. Mm. You know, you use your hands so well. And, and you know, uh, I'll never forget this day because Jack Nicholas spent like 40 minutes on the range with me, showing me, you know, working on my <laughs> swing with me, you know. And I, I remember driving home going, I can't believe that just happened. I had Jack Nicholas and Jim Flick on the range with me working on my game. And if yeah. I would have listened and, 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 and retained all that, I might be able to at least play the LPGA or something right now. You well, know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I bet you, I bet you that kid, I bet you uh, Jack had no comparison to that kid in the Bay Area. <laughs> Freddie, no, Freddie, no, Chu. Freddie, Freddie Chu. Freddie Chu was much better than Jack. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, Chili. You know, you just talk about you know having a a, a B swing. You know, Doug has a, a shank swing, anti shank swing. <laughs> it's one of the most purest forms of swing in, in, there is. But Chili, you were a switch hitter. So did you ever battle that? Uh, I guess in golf, like, do I want to be a left hander? Do I mean to be a right hander? Or I mean, did that no, ever come no. come to play? No, I'm naturally right-handed, you know. So, ironically, uh, baseball, um, I, I play tennis a little. I'm a little court, better coordinated nope. in tennis. But baseball and tennis were kind of the – I mean, I, I could, I can't throw left-handed. I can't even do a layup left-handed, you know. So, I'm naturally right-handed. Um, and the tough part for me with golf, learning how to play golf, was understanding that I didn't really want my dominant arm to lead the golf swing. You know, I wanted that left hand to, you know, it's more of a push-pull for me with my left hand than it is a pull-push to me with my right hand. And as soon as my right hand get involved, then I start hitting those dug shots, so snap hooks. Ha, you know. ha. Very funny. <laughs> Very funny, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, knows, you know, I try to chill. hit lefty, Will, and I, I, could, I could hit irons okay lefty, but you put a driver and a wood in my hand, and there's a chance I could swing and miss, which I'm not real happy with. So <laughs> hey, I got but, rid of my left-handed set. Well, speaking of like swinging and missing, I, there's there's just something that I want to talk about, Chili, with you that it kind of it, it bothers me because I think it's in baseball, like it's in golf right now, and we're talking about just just these analytics, all the the rapsodos and the trackmans and the whatever the hell else force plates and all this stuff trying to design to get people to hit. Like, are we losing a little bit of the ability to just just be talented when we look at all these metrics and, and use – I mean, metrics don't do anything but tell us what we – or quantify what we already knew, right? 
So mm-hmm. are we are we getting too far down a path in both sports where it's kind of like it doesn't even make sense to keep going this tech space? In a second, can we get out of it? I mean, is there a way out of it? Are we in too far into the deep in weeds? We're not going to ever. I, I don't see us getting out of it in the near future, Will, because uh, there's so many people that's bought into that, you know, especially in baseball, ownership, front office, general managers. They've bought into that analytical part of the game, which isn't bad. I mean, you know, Doug, I, I went out and you went down and fitted me um, I don't know, a while back. And that was last week, Chili. Man. That was last huh? week. I said that was last well, week. You know, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> reveal the fact that, you know, I had that special fitting from Doug, you know. Hey, you gotta be uh, yeah. you know, every so often I'm but, I mean, a session. The numbers the numbers that during the fitting helped. See, they helped me to understand, you know, uh this shaft isn't right for me, you know. It's got too much spin. You know, it's creating too much spin on the ball. Or, or this shaft is perfect. And we had a good time that day because we found out that, and, and we don't want to name any club names on this on this program. You get me in trouble with my boys, you know. <laughs> you know, um, you know that you said uh, we tried so many drivers, and my objective was to get a, the right shaft for my road driver, you know. And uh, we tried so many drivers, and I brought one old driver out, and you go, man, don't hit that thing, man. That. And be, it ended up that that driver with that shaft was the best fit for me that day. It was, it was just funny that it was. But coming back to your question, I think for golf, I think it all started in golf. And I think it works um, much better for golf golfers because, you, you know, you can get fitted to your clubs and understand that, you know, this feels good and it does what I need it to do. You know, um, I think in baseball, it works better for pitchers than it does for hitters you know when you talk about spin rate on a fastball you know um you know you, you, back in the days you say this guy throws a heavy fastball and this guy you know his fastball has got life to it mm. well why is that because the heavy fastball has less spin and the, and the and the one that takes off up in the zone has got less swing, more swing more spin you know what mm-hmm. i mean but for a hitter you start talking launch angle and you know the analytical part of the game tells you like you said doug what we already know you know it gives you a, gives you a number two yeah yeah the analytic department comes to me and says this guy hits too many pull side ground balls you know this guy uh in zone swing rate is down you know needs to swing more in zone is out of the zone swing rate you know his early first pitch swing rate is too high he needs to see more pitch and, you know, as a hitting coach, I'm sitting there going, you know, yeah, I, I know that. That's that's what we've been talking about. You know, uh, you, the analytics can tell you what's wrong or right, but it doesn't fix you. You know what I mean? Mm. It can't fix you. It takes someone with the experience that experienced it to look at you and say, where's your natural swing? Because I need something kind of starting from natural. You know, we got to work from natural. See, that's that's the, that's where that's how Will teaches too. Like when he teaches game, he's yeah. all about natural. What's what's built in? Yeah, because oh, you know, in golf, if you look at even look at Jordan Spieth, the swing he's got right now, working. You know, he's working on that. That it works for him. Mm-hmm. For me to take that and say, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, let's do a Jordan Spieth thing. You know, it might not work for Bryson. You know, because mm-hmm. it feels good to Jordan. You know, so and the same thing applies to baseball. You know, hey. Let me see your natural swing. What are you thinking? What are you trying to do? 
You know, what are you trying to do? Where are you trying to hit that ball? What are you trying to do with that ball? You know, and then we can work from there. But the, the analytics is going to come in like we have what they call K-Vest in baseball. Yeah, and they put all the little, um, uh, the little sensors uh, on little you. Modem and... stick them all over yeah. you. And it's more upper like, body than it is lower body. Like NBA 2K. And then you get an avatar on the screen that shows you your 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 movement. You know, with the K vest. Well, one of the things I I, um, I I couldn't understand with the K vest was I had them set it up and I didn't have them set it up. A guy came in, in in our batting cage in spring training and he's like, "Hey, do you mind if we hook up K vest to some of your hitters?" Like, oh, not at all, you know. So he he he, he said, I said, who do you like? He goes, well, I like to get this guy here. Well, at the time, that guy was struggling with his swing. You know, he, he felt crappy. He's been saying that all day. Why do I want to get negative information at that time? You know what I mean? Right, dude. I hear so, you. Chill. So I looked at the guy and I said, hey, this guy is swinging the bat so good. Why don't we put K vest on him? Because yeah. and he put it on him and it was all positive measurements, all positive readouts. Green, and I green said, lights. you log that in. You log that in because when this guy starts to struggle at some point, you can put K vest on him then, and then you can compare him and say, this is where you were in spring training, this is where you are now. But to just do it randomly, you know, what kind of information are we going to get out of that? Mm. Mm. That's that's deep. It is deep because I, I feel like even in our sport, Will, here in golf, I mean, and, and you see it with, you know, conversations with with Hicks and different players, you know, baseball's taking a very analytical approach. And I think some, like Chili said, if 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 I get all the data, I got to have somebody that knows how to how to fix it, you know, and well, the same thing in yeah. golf. Well, you know, we talk about, I'm going to switch uh, subjects a little bit, but we talk about data and, and, and learning how to fix it. You know, I, I see this parallel uh I guess campaigns here when it comes to growing the game, growing the game in golf as well as growing the game in baseball. Uh, there's there's a there's a uh, a lack of uh, African American participation in baseball, and you know Doug and I are constantly on the on the the beaten path and you know really trying to grow this game and tell individuals that they can grow through the game just to get more people more participation in in the, in the space. How is how is from your perspective how is baseball trying to fix or mend this? This, this problem. Yeah, there, there are conversations about that, a lot of conversations about that. Uh, I actually had a conversation yesterday with uh, Enos Cabell. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he played for the Astros, played for the Dodgers, the Giants when I was a young kid. And uh, he grew up in L.A. where I grew up. And we're talking about, you know, they have the RBI program in Compton, uh, reviving baseball in the inner cities. That's what the RBI stands for. But mm. um, we remember the days when, you know, you had the coaches, um, you know, like, uh, matter of fact, uh, Earl Brown is not is a guy I was talking to, not Edis. Earl Brown was uh, a baseball coach and a major league scout back in the days. He's about 80 now, and we had a conversation. He's talking about getting the brothers uh, back into baseball because, you know, I came up, I grew up in a neighborhood in an area actually where, you know, Shane Mack, uh, um, Eric Davis, Strawberry, Ozzie Smith, all the Murray brothers, Eddie, Venice, Charles, Leon, uh, um, Rich, you know, I mean, and, and, and you go on, Kerwin Danley, the umpire came from there. I mean, you can go on and on Chester Lemon, Willie Crawford, you know, all these people came from that area, you know, and, and, and back then there was huge involvement in baseball. 
I think what's happening to baseball now, it's become more of a club sport for kids. Mm. You know, where you used to have the little league wow. programs where, you know, if you can just walk out and try out for a team, now, you, yeah. you know, you got to go uh, take lessons, play club ball, travel, travel mm-hmm. league, all that. And if you can't afford that, it's if your happening. family can't afford that, it's like golf. You know, if you can't afford it or if you don't have someone sponsoring you to afford that, they see the talent in you, you know, um, then you're not going to play. So they're you not know, they're not playing they're not playing baseball in the streets no more. Like they're not they're not doing that no more. Like like, like I mean seriously, I don't know, you know, because I mean that's how that's how I got attached to baseball. Car, car, car. Hey, I don't know oh, if y'all ever played. We used to we used to play a game football. called um, uh, Rolling Bat. It was in the hood. I don't yeah, know if you ever played I, it. I, I wasn't you, in the you chill. You know Rolling Bat? No, no, I don't. Oh, I want to okay. get it. Because I got right, well, a game we used to play too. Rolling back where you you hit the ball, whoever gets in the outfield has to take the ball and roll it to the infield while the while the player puts the ball down in front of the plate, the bat in front of the plate. And if you roll and hit the bat, you get to go hit the ball. Rolling oh. back. It was. I, I, hey, geez, that was, like, hey, that was a self-explanatory like name. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what though? Come to think of, we probably made that game up. <laughs> you probably did. Hey, y'all play uh, what? Yeah, play rolling bat. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you something, man. You say that about the game, but, you know, I was a switch hitter, and I didn't switch hit in high school. And how I knew I could switch hit, we played a game in the neighborhood uh, called strikeouts. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you played strikeout. And, you know, you stand across the street. We had a church, a little small church with a big wall, and we taped the strike zone on the wall. And you stand across the street with a tennis ball, and you're trying to strike the guy out. The rule was, though, you couldn't hit on your natural side. Because then the game would go too long, you know. So you had to hit lefty if you were a righty, righty if you were a lefty. Dang, well, I okay. found back then that I was a tough out left-handed. But I was I didn't have the courage to go try it in, in, in real play, you know. Wow. So I'd take BP lefty in uh, high school and stuff. Well, when I came here for instructional ball, um, the scout that signed me went up to the hitting coach and said, I think this kid can be a switch hitter. And, you know, Hank Sauer was the hitting coach. And he goes, kid, are you a switch hitter? I said, well, Hank, I think I can do it. So he goes, let me see you take a few swings. And the pitching, the guy out there throwing to me, I'm at Phoenix Stadium. I whacked a couple balls out of the ballpark left-handed. And (laughs) the the, the hitting coach comes up to me and he goes, tomorrow morning, everyone else will be here at 10. I want you here at 9 o'clock. We're going to go down to the batting cage. We're going to work on the left side. You know, and it, it, that whole switch hitting ability derived from playing that game strikeouts, you know? That's crazy. That's, yeah. I love that. And then you hit 350 of them, so no big deal. No. And no most of them deal. lefty. <laughs> <laughs> I actually became a better left-handed hitter than right-handed in the big Well, you might need to try that in your golf swing, Chili, because I done seen you kind of, you know, let some back nines go away. Maybe you should play the front nine right-handed in the back well, nine left-handed and maybe that'll be I like you, how man. you put two i'm jekyll and hyde man i i was talking to big earl the other day i was talking can you hear me i was talking no it, it was it was to me <laughs> yeah oh earl, earl, earl. Earl's my, hold on chili they don't know earl's my next door neighbor who's chili's best friend yeah all right gotcha. there we go big gotta, guy gotta bodyguard he's jamaican like i am we were close you know that's how i met doug was through earl 
And Earl's out on tour right now with new kids on the block. You know, he does security. Can you stuff. still call them the new kids? Because they old as hell now. They some grown men yeah. on the block now, man. Well, Wait, you know. Hey, was it, is it 1992 again? I'm lost on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually, he's out with Donnie Wahlberg more than anyone. anyone you know, but he, he's out with them. But he nice. told me he played the other day. Shot uh, two different nines. Um I don't know. No, you know, I'm wrong. I'm getting old, man. That was not yeah, Big Earl. No, that was not Big Earl told me that. that. Little, Paul that Sorrento, li- who is the, one of the hitting coaches for the Angels, said he played the Cal Club Ooh, in, uh, in, Cal, in Northern Cal and shot 47-36. Man, he needs to walk away. You know? He needs to walk away. That's, that, kind that's, of, that's he's Dr. Pretty Jack good player. You know, but that's, that's, that's kind of my game sometimes where, you know, I, I'll have a good front nine – and then the back nine, and not like I'm trying to match the front nine. I'm just trying to maintain the same feel, the same thoughts, but the game just gets away from me. So, or I have a bad front nine and tell myself, okay, you, I told Doug this one day we were playing. I said, I'm going to shoot five shots better on the back. And Doug looked at me. He goes, how do you know that? I said, well, I'm going to try to. He goes, you can't look at it that way. And go can't ahead, Doug. It. I'm going to put this in your hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're a golf pro. Chili just trying to shoot a number. He, he's going to start out with the number in mind. And then try to attain it. And I'm just like, dude, just hit this shot the best you can. And then hit the next shot as best you can. Yeah. We'll add I shit up later. We'll I can't tell you. I can't tell you for the life of me how many 65s I was supposed to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get to 65 years old. So maybe then I'll shoot a 65. You know? No, Chili, you just need to go left nine. You need to go front nine, left hand, and back nine, right hand. So left nine, all right nine. Hey, and, and Chili, let me let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, Will and I have have a connection to the the Yankees organization through Aaron Hicks and and Cheyenne Woods now, or Cheyenne Hicks now, who, who's one of my best friends. And you know, one of the most storied programs in baseball. What did it mean to you to end your career as a Yankee? Well, you know, um, you guys have you guys probably both play the old course. In, in, in Scotland. But come on, man. No. Man, I, I, I never, never, golf I never been side, over, but I never been in a canister to fly no? over the water to Scotland. Well, <laughs> I went to the old course in Scotland. And, you know, you hear about the old course, the old course. You know, uh, they play a lot of British Opens and stuff there. I went to the old course. And when I finished playing the old course, I said, you know, it's, it was in okay shape, it was challenging. It wasn't super challenging. If, if there's no win there, you'll probably play that course and shoot a good score. But it was a little breezy. But it, it, And I don't want to knock the history of golf because I'm not trying to. But I also played Carnoustie. And if you ask me if I'd rather play the old course or Carnoustie every day, I'd say Carnoustie, you know? So when I went to Yankee Stadium, the history – that that organization has um, was what uh, brings about that aura of being there. You know, they're a championship team. They've won more championships than any other sports team. Um, and, you know, the Yankees, if you walk into the old Yankee Stadium and into their batting cage or anywhere around that stadium, you don't see division-winning flags. You don't see, you know, Eastern Division champs, 1921, or, uh, uh, you know, a wild card champs as of today's date. 
you see World Series championship flags. That's all they show there, you know. So for me, going to the Yankees was a huge surprise because I was in Kansas City. I became a free agent, and they, you know, George Steinbrenner um, wanted me there, and I signed with them. Um, I got, I think, more so than playing for the Yankees with me was the opportunity to play with guys like Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, you know, Jorge Posada, uh, you know, all the guys that were on that team, um, you know, Tim Raines, who was a Hall of Famer. We had such a good team. As a matter of fact, we dominated that year. I got hurt in, in, during the year, but I came back at the end. They dominated. They broke the record for all-time wins, won the World Series, and then the second year that I was there, they won the World Series again. So, And then the year after I left, they won the World Series again and then lost Game 7 the following year to the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Four times in four years in a row going to the World Series. That organization prides itself on winning, and mm. that's it. They want to win. It's not about we're going to be competitive this year or da 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 No. That organization, you either win or you stink, and that's how New York is. They don't want second place in New York, you know. Second no, place, no, don't no, don't, don't, don't work there. No, no, <laughs> I'm no, dropping no, an f bomb, but no, <laughs> hey, hey, we got the beep. There. Hey, shit, damn, hell, we beep it all out, Chili. Don't worry about it, Chili. You got three say, World Series. Work there. You got three World Series championships. Which one was the most? Which one was the coolest? Well, you know, it's like you winning your first uh, uh, major. You, know, you won, know you won four majors. You won four majors. Chili, Which one Chili, Chili, be, Chili be putting us Come in the box. I don't know who Chili think we are. Like, <laughs> ask me. Hey, Chili, tell me if you play the old course. Yeah, I play an old course every day. Yeah, like, right here, my neighborhood. It's an old course. I played an old course on Tiger Woods. Yeah, uh, back yeah. in the day, I got an I old course right over there, right over there in the in the neighborhood that we got to try to build up. Yes, we do. Behind the quick stop. That's where the course, the old course. You're killing me. You know, I'll tell you what, though, Doug. Minnesota, um, I enjoyed the two Yankee World Series as much as anything in my life. But Minnesota was special because how I got to Minnesota um, made it special. And being able to play with guys like Kirby Puckett, Dan Gladden, Shane Mack, who I told you I grew up with, and, uh, you know, my roomie, Scotty Erickson, Rick Aguilera, Herbeck, Jack Morris. I mean, a lot of guys. Pagliarulo, Bedrosian. It was kind of one of those teams that they grabbed myself, Jack Morris, Pedrosian, Brian Harper, Paglarulo, all these guys that other teams have said, we don't want you anymore. We don't want you anymore. And we all kind of met up in Minnesota that year, in 91. I was uh, given the opportunity to be what they call a new-look free agent. Um, I was with the Angels at the time. Uh, the owners, baseball owners, were hit with a big-time fine. I think it was $280 million for collusion. And anyone involved in collusion during their free agency year got the opportunity to become a free agent again, regardless of their contract status. So I had one more year with the Angels, and um, I, was a, I became a new-look free agent. We went back to the Angels numerous times and wanted to extend that one year to three years. I wanted to stay in Southern Cal because I grew up there. 
I love the Angels organization. You know, I had a lot of good friends, still have a lot of good friends in that organization. But the Angels refused to negotiate. And, um, you know, they went and signed Gary Gaetti from the, the Twins. Uh, gave him a three-year deal, uh, some pretty decent money, which I felt was my deal given to Gary Gaetti. They were like, we want Gaetti, but we don't mm -hmm. care if you come back or not. Damn, you know, I had some blood. good years going up that point. So now... I get a call from the twins. I get a call from Kirby Puckett. I get a call from Dan Gladden and I get a call from Tom Kelly. Well, we just lost our fifth hitter and we know you're available. You know, um, would you be interested in being a Minnesota twin? Come up they finished pool. last in 1990. They finished in dead last, but naked last <laughs> place. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you know, even though they finished last, that team had won in 87 the championship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they had, to me, the best player in baseball on that team and Kirby Puckett. Okay. Nice. So I looked at it as, you know, let's look at what's going on here. You know, we got some Herback, you got really good players. Uh, Knobloch was a young player that was going to be, you ended up being rookie of the year. Scott Erickson was a really good pitcher, won 20 games in 91. So the way I got over there was because I was rejected or neglected by my team that I wanted to stay with. And I went over there because they lost a player. And I'll never forget when we got to spring training, the atmosphere there was, you know, look around. We got Bedrosian, Steve Bedrosian, which was a very yeah. good closer in Atlanta. And we got Jack Morris, who is the horse of horses on the mound. This guy is an, he's a competitor. You know, we had Rick Aguilera. We had the young kid and Scott Erickson. Our pitching staff was pretty well-rounded, you know. Uh, we had a good bullpen, but then we had – Ken Herbeck, who I felt and Chili Davis, that's what they had. They had man. Chili Damn. They over yeah. oh, modest, modest ass man. dog over here. You made so yeah. modest. You, you made know, you made two sixty five that year. That was a good year. Nah, did I hit two sixty five? Two sixty five, man. I remember but that. I I hit, that I was just hit, before. A lot of homers. It was just before he pushed really... Enter on the Google. No, that's, it was just before. <laughs> it was just before little. It was just before little Big League came out. Yeah. But you know what's cool about that? I was brought there to protect. Herbeck, again, Herbeck and Puckett when right-handers were pitching, and then Puckett when left-handers were pitching. But then I had Brian Harper behind me. I can name all this. So uh, I remember us at the All-Star break um, being right there with Oakland, you know, with a chance to overtake them in the American League West. And Oakland had been that team with Conseco, McGuire, Eckersley, all these guys. They were picked to win. Um, we ended up getting red hot and uh we won the division and we played toronto who during the year if we played toronto 11 or 12 times they beat us 10 out of those 12 times that's joe carter and they years. finished up their season in minnesota and started the series the playoff series in minnesota and we ended up beating those guys and going to the world series and we played atlanta who was also a last place team in 1990 so you had two teams that went from last to first playing in the World Series, played seven games, four extra inning ball games. I mean, it's still noted as one of the best all-time World that. Series, you know. Yeah, but and we ended up winning on um, on a base hit by Gene Larkin. But you know, Kirby Puckett showed out that that World Series. So did Jack Morris. You know, those yeah. two guys. Is and Puck. Let me tell you something about Kirby Puckett. My favorite story about per Kirby Puckett. We were struggling that year, and we went into Cleveland, and 
we lost the first game in Cleveland. We played in that old ballpark, the mistake by the lake, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so Puck comes in the next day. Puck comes in the next day. We were going through a little losing streak. And Puck walks in the locker room and he goes, boys, jump on. And I'm looking at Herbeck. He goes, what does that mean? And Puck said, jump on, take your gloves and your bats out there today, but you won't need them because I'm driving the bus today. <laughs> he went out and went six for six. Mm. Hey, two homers. Two homers. Won the ball game. And when he came back in, I looked at Herbie and I said, Rex, is is did I just see what I just saw? And and is he that good? And Rex looks at me and goes, Doll, like, you ain't seen nothing yet, doll. <laughs> so the next day, Will, I come walking in the ballpark and I go, Boys, jump on. Puck looks at me and he goes, Dog, don't say that and then don't do anything. Okay, because we'll bring our bats and gloves out there, but we expect you to drive the bus. And I'm like, boys, jump off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chili, we've taken too much time from you today, but we got to send you out of here the only way that Will and I know how. We call it Rap Foursome right here on Beyond the Fairway, presented by Genesis. You're going to go play golf, Chili, with four rappers. I know you a jazz guy, but you're playing golf with four rappers. All right. Can we switch you know, it up for jazz for him? Man? No, he can. He can call. It, nope. Nope. Just we, no concessions. I got in trouble the one time. I tried to make a concession, Will, and you cussed me out. Yeah, I'm not changing. True. I'm not changing. Four rappers, chili. You're gonna go play golf. It's gonna be five of y'all. Who are you showing up to the course with? Uh, I gotta go a little old school. Come on, Curtis that's fine. Blow. Curtis, Curtis Blow. Blow. Nice. You know. Um. And then I got to go with somebody that I, uh, I I've known uh, for a MC while. Hammer. He's not in the in the music industry anymore, but MC Hammer. I knew it. Hammer. You that's that's, me, that's you know? up in Oakland with yeah. you. That was, that yeah. was yeah. Bay Area. Touch this. Yeah. Um, the other two. Hammer be out of breath after the concert. I don't know, man. Let's throw a little Eminem in there. That's right. <laughs> okay, there you All go. Right, you know, a little Eminem. Okay. You know, from, from Michigan. Uh, I'm not a big uh, hip-hop guy, so um, I'm just reaching here. Um, go ahead and reach. Grab some. I tell you what. Do you know who I would like to play uh, golf with? Let's take Eminem out. I'm going 50 Cent. Okay. 50 Cent. Many 50 men. 50 Cent. Wish death upon him. And then I'm going to go with... Um, uh, I want to say Ice T. I might go with Ice T. All right, he's from, he's from your neck of the woods. Ice okay. T. All right, I'm yeah. not mad. Curtis Blow caught me off guard, but I appreciate it. Chili. I can't Blow think is the, Curtis Blow is the originator of rap music. I uh, absolutely, he I, is I, the originator. I, exactly. These but, are the breaks. Break hey, it up. The, break it up. Break it up. Break down. Uh, look, <laughs> go, go ahead. We'll go. Go. Hey! And then, his, and then his internet froze. Chili, thank you so much. Going Beyond the Fairway, presented by Genesis right here, Golf Channel, NBC Sports, man. I can't thank you enough. I'm in Ohio, but I'm sure I'll see you here soon. And, Will, when you get back, I can't wait to see Chili make fun of how you hold the club because you kind of are switch hit. You're kind of a switch hitter, I, I guess. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't I, know. I, yeah, I, I'm about to take my switch grip to my old course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, hey, just put the earphones in so the plane's flying over your head. Exactly. Won't bother a, you a, too much. A, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Beyond the Fairway is presented by Genesis Motor America and the 2022 GV80. Will luxurious design meets intuitive versatility make the game your own? And shouts out to Chili coming in here, man. It's you know it's funny we have those conversations, Will, with Chili. I see him, you know, week. That's like my that's like Uncle Chili to me now. You know, to be yeah. able to go up pick his brain. I wanted to get into some of his stock portfolio stuff, but you know this. Uh, Chili, don't let Chili fool you now. Chili also got some cash on him too now. Yeah, I know. He, I know he do. You can tell why, the way he moved, the way he cooked his salmon. You can tell he has cash on. him. <laughs> As it's best prepared, I'm surprised you even ate. Oh, you can eat fish, right? Because you're pesk. You're what are you? Bad vegan, I, I, great I'm vegetarian. A, I'm a, I'm a bad, bad vegan, great vegetarian at home. On the road, it's tough to be a vegan. So I will result to a pescatarian lifestyle. Okay. All right. You got you got lanes you can go to much like Chile. But uh, what a career. I mean, you know, 350 homers, Hall of Famer, first Jamaica-born player to, to play in the majors, man. I mean, and, and still Will is, is you know, coaching on the side, you know, hitting coaching uh, independently. And, and that man plays more golf than you and I put together. Like this Absolutely. dude is on the course weekly, daily, but he also can be members at, at country clubs where we ain't, we ain't there yet. NBC, I, help us out. We need. I, all right, I that's, know. I'm not gonna get into that. Can I Come get on. a GV80 to the damn country club? They they not thinking. Well, they, they not. They, they ain't connecting the dots. They, man. they the dots is the dots is gone. But hey, big shouts out to Chili. Going beyond the fairway, presented by Genesis and um, Will. It's time now for make the game your own, presented by Genesis. It is that time. It is. That, it is, it's that, hey, it's yeah, that time. I, I see what you did there. Yes. You know, yes. And, and so fitting, I want to take this opportunity. Let's talk about someone that's grown the game in her own way, uh, who's, who's hell, it feels like she's been around for so long. Michelle Wee, I mean, she burst on the scene in the early 2000s, played the Sony Open Wheel in 2004. Fast forward, Will, she wins the 2014 U.S. Women's Open. She starts the hoodie campaign, and all the proceeds go to, to Renee Powell Fund and Clearview. Will, like, you talk about somebody that makes the game their own. I don't know many people better to pick out than Michelle Wee. When you think about, you know, L, uh, LPGA Tour, her face is pretty much on a modern-day uh, fan. You know, when you think about somebody who's just part of the game and, and who's been inspiration to all, you know, all generations. I, I used to be jealous that I know I couldn't hit the ball as far as her because I That's knew she, out, she can outdrive me. Well, you ain't got to say true so quickly. Damn. You, <laughs> you don't know she can outdrive me, for, really. For uh, Michelle Wee has prodigious length, but, you know, big shouts out to, to her and husband, Mr. West. Um, and, and now, you know, take the mother, mother route. And, Michelle, thank you for all you've done for the game of golf. You've definitely made it your thing. And uh, we appreciate you. So there go your flowers right here from us here at Beyond the Fairway. And, Will, that's all the time we got for today. This episode, they're going to play on repeat. It's, gonna, it's a long one. So I know you got places to be. I'm in Ohio. I'm about to go enjoy this rain. Yeah, it's raining. But anyway, well, good to see you as always. Appreciate y'all joining us here beyond the fairway. Listen, follow, subscribe. Go ahead and double tap everything we put out there on IG, and we'll holler at y'all next week. Cool beans. Mm-hmm. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.